and slayers this is mixtress ray and you're listening to what's this bitch talking about to which the answer to that question is every episode of buffy the vampire slayer when i get around to it (laughs) um usually within a couple of weeks of its original air date 20 years ago so uh yeah it uh how late are we this week um almost two weeks late (laughs) week and a half. (laughs) Apologies for not only my tardiness as per usual this season, but also um, for not putting the theme song in my episode last time. (laughs) I just forgot to add the music and I realized it like, you know, a couple days later and I was like, well, whatever. (laughs) I don't want to take it down and edit it and re-upload it. No one cares. (laughs) So cool. That's that. Um, okay, so it's time to talk about Showtime. This is the one where (sighs) Buffy teaches everyone a lesson by kicking a vampire's ass in front of everyone. I don't know, whatever. Um, I, like, spoiler alert, I guess, don't really like this episode that much. Again, if I were just watching it without analyzing it, it'd be fine. It'd just be another episode connecting the dots in the show. Um, but it's just not a very good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. So the episode begins with, there's a new girl in town getting in at like the bus station or something. Rona, Buffy meets her there to pick her up and she gets attacked by ringers at the bus station. Buffy saves her. Um, and she says, welcome to the Hellmouth," which that, that part's cute. Um, I should just say that every time, like I'm welcoming someone to anything. Welcome to the Hellmouth." I think you could pretty rightly call my hometown Hellmouth. I think if Hellmouth Hellmouths existed, there would be one in this town. I think, I think so for sure. Um, Beaded curtain in the window of Willow's room, I noticed. Just had to point that out. (laughs) Kennedy, okay, so it's just Kennedy and Willow in her room, and Kennedy's in the bed, and Willow's in a sleeping bag on the floor, all uncomfortable, and Kennedy's, like, you know, being weird. Like, big comfy bed, you should know, it's yours. And then they talk a little bit about, like, their upbringing. I guess Kennedy was rich. She had multiple wings in her house. Um, And so it's interesting, you know, this whole Kennedy is spoiled thing. Okay, fine. But I guess we're supposed to think she's spoiled because she came from a rich family. Then why is she so okay with this situation, staying in, you know, just a regular sized house with a bunch of, I mean, if she comes from money, why is she not bringing a bunch of money to this equation? You know what I mean? 
Like, hello? Again, I'm trying to be open to liking Kennedy this time. And I mean, she's not awful, but I just don't think she's a super well-written character. Like, if she's supposed to be, and she is, a love interest for Willow, then why isn't she, I don't know, just a more fleshed out character? They were just like, no, let her be like a rich brat. That's fine. That's it. That's her entire character development right there. Like, okay. Um, okay, where are we? Oh, um, Kennedy's like, well, let's, let's stop talking about me. What's your deal? Witchcraft. That's interesting. That sounds really new agey. And Willow's like, actually, I think it's pretty old agey, which is funny because that's kind of like something that I think about, you know, whenever somebody calls like tarot new, new agey, because, you know, it's stuff that would be called new agey really is very old agey. <laughs> you know, that just, uh, Willow said it perfectly. Just saying. Um, I have many questions in this episode, like, why is Xander there? Why is he staying at the house? Um, it's not like he can be helpful if they get attacked in the middle of the night. Maybe that is why, I guess, because you close ranks in times of apocalypse. So I guess that's why he's there, but he has his own apartment, you know? Anyway, um, my other question is, why is Andrew still tied to a chair? Like, how long has it been now? Like... I guess this is only like the last handful of episodes or so, I guess, have only really taken place within the course of maybe a week. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, everybody is just like the theme of this episode is like all the little Slayer, potential Slayers are, you know, they're not feeling very confident because they just got thrown into this situation and they don't know what's going on. So it makes sense. It makes sense that they would have a lot of questions that they don't, you know, they don't know Buffy. They're very scared and it makes sense. I mean, it's annoying to watch, but it makes sense. And so they're all like losing confidence in her because she got totally beaten down by this Uber vamp the last time that she faced it or the only time that she faced it or whatever that was, whenever that was. Um, these episodes being so far spaced apart, I mean, I know I'm tardy, but I'm tardy because there's space in between the episodes and I have time to be tardy. You know what I mean? Um, which I guess is a good segue into, so the 21st of January is 20 years after the episode potential aired. And then two weeks after that, am I right? Yes. Two weeks after that, we will have four episodes in a row, week after week after week. So all of February, I will not have the opportunity to be tardy. <laughs> Whereas if I want to, the potential episode that airs um, four days from now as I'm recording this, I might take another week to talk about it. <laughs> but anyway... But just, just so you guys know, we're about to hit a block. If you're listening in real time in 2023, we're about to hit 2023. Like, I'm still, I don't know why it feels like such a leap from 2022. 2023. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we are going to have four episodes 
like week after week after week, maybe even five. If I if I put off potential for a full week, which could happen, <laughs> potentially, <laughs> it could happen. Um, then we might have five episodes in a row, just week after week after week, which is good. Like it gets me more in a groove to do it that way. But you know, because it's like, what's happening? When did she fight this guy? I don't know. I think it was like a couple episodes ago. Anyway, everybody's like worried that she's not going to be able to face him and blah, 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 blah. You know, they basically have a little bit of a conversation about like Anya's like, well, I've talked to people in the demon world. Nobody, either nobody knows anything or they're just not saying anything. Like they're trying to get information on the first. How can we defeat the first? You know, very basic shit here. And Giles brings up um, something that I guess he and Anya maybe have talked about before, or they just both know about it. Um, cause she's like, no, 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 Giles, no. And he's like, there's something called the Beljoxa's eye. So this is like an all seeing psychic demon in another dimension type situation. And only a demon, a demon's blood maybe can unlock the portal to the dimension where the Beljox's eye is so that they can try to get answers from it. So uh, Giles and Anya decide to do that. So they spend like the whole episode, like figuring out how to get to this portal, whatever. At one point, someone says, who said it? So I can't even remember who said it. Spike's running out of time. It's just like, oh yeah, Spike's been being tortured for like episodes now. To Buffy's credit, like normally she'd be very obsessed with saving Spike immediately, and she hasn't been. I mean, she mentions it like at least once per episode, but he's been missing for a minute. Um, and she's not worried that the first is going to kill him, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. I just have so many questions about all the plot holes lately. I mean, I just feel like it's getting worse. I feel like the show's plots are getting worse. And again, when I'm just surrendering myself to the process, after this project is over, guys, I'm not going to critically analyze Buffy ever again. I mean, if, you know, someone else does, you know, like some guy on YouTube just started like watching Buffy for the first time and doing like reaction videos while he's watching it and he's funny and, you know, whatever. Like, I will watch other people critique Buffy. I will read Buffy academic books again. Like, I've done it before. I'll do it again. But I myself am not going to be sitting and taking notes. You know, I'm not the scholar. I'm not the Buffy scholar. I'm in year seven of this podcast project. <laughs> and it's possible uh, my brother, my mom, and a handful of other people that I don't know are listening to this. Hello to each and every one of you, because thank you, because at least someone's listening, seriously, but it's not many. <laughs> Maybe this podcast will become incredibly popular in the future. Hello, people of the future. Thank you for being here. But for now, 2023, as far as I know, it's my mom and it's my brother and a few other people, according to the like listening stats on SoundCloud. <laughs> Uh, anyway, cool. Um, let's see what else. Um, where are we? You get, so this is like someone saying spikes running out of time. Then we flash to spike 
and he is like fantasizing about like fighting his way out and Buffy helping to save him and like all of that stuff like he would be, you know, of course. So, you know, it's really, it's kind of fun what they're doing with Spike's character because you never know when you're with Spike, you know, because the first can show up as anyone who's ever been dead. So it shows up as Buffy sometimes. Um, and it, it shows up as Spike sometimes. Sometimes Spike is talking to himself. Sometimes he's talking to Drusilla. Sometimes he's talking to Buffy. Um, they're just really utilizing James Marsters because he's one of the best actors on the show. And I'm here for it. But, you know, anytime you're with Spike, you don't know if he is having a fantasy of talking to Buffy, and it's really the first. If he's having a fantasy talking to Buffy, and it's just literally all inside his head. Or if he actually is talking to Buffy. Or, you know, you don't know. And it's kind of beautiful what they're doing with all of that. <laughs> then we um, see Anya and Giles... Anya is um, talking to, like, an ex of hers, I guess, from her old demon days. I don't think this is recent demon days, although maybe. Maybe it is. And she's trying to convince him to open the portal for her, and she's, like, offering herself to him, like, saying that she'll have sex with him if he does it for her. And he's like, ew, you're human now. Gross. And... Anya's like, what's the deal? I can't even give it away. What am I, a leper? And the guy's like, come back to me when you are. Like, really? Okay, well, whatever. Um, also, Anya's blonde again. Like, the last few episodes, she had really dark, beautiful brunette hair. Like, what is the deal with Emma Caulfield? Does she just dye her hair on a whim and they just go for it? Go with it on the show? Or she does she have, a, like, a bunch of, like, other roles that she was doing at the same time? her hair is like always different and that's been since the beginning like it's just always changing anyway I prefer her with darker hair I just think it looks better on her she just has like such a severe interesting bone structure but part of that is because she seems like maybe unhealthily skinny right now but anyway I just think she looks better with darker hair it's just my personal opinion you don't have to listen but <laughs> that's what I'm here for they finally decide to untie Andrew from the chair, thankfully. Um, fucking finally. Oh my god. And they threaten him, like, if he tries to run, blah, blah, blah. But whatever, he's not going to run. This is his only home now. You know, he wants to be there. This is what he's wanted all along. Maybe hang out at Buffy's house. He said so in, like, the first episode of the season when he was about to kill Jonathan. Or I guess that wasn't the first episode. Um because we had to get, like, pretty far in before we finally saw them. But, you know. Anyway. Um, but as Xander is, like, untying him from the chair, he he refers to Andrew as ripe. Like, he smells bad. Like, of course he fucking smells bad. You guys have tied him to a chair after he got almost killed and drained by Spike whenever he was triggered by the first. You just tied him to a chair and just... Like, did he get to get up and go to the bathroom? Like, I have too many questions. <laughs> like, was he just peeing himself, sitting in that chair? Like, of course he's fucking ripe. <sighs> anyway, so Xander, or Andrew apparently, um, goes and, like, takes a bath. <laughs> I didn't think about the Alexander and Andrew. 
similar names. I guess not really the same. Similar. Sorry, guys. I'm drinking, like, I was drinking a, a ginger ale, and then Michael brought in tea, so I'm, like, alternating between hot tea and ginger ale. I, I will say yes to all beverages. Okay, so I love Andrew so much. I really, really do. I really, really do. Um, we get a little bit more of him in this episode. So that's one point for this episode. They find out that there's another potential that came into town a couple days ago and is staying at this motel in town. So Buffy and Xander go to like get her. And it turns out, I mean, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but it turns out when they do find her, she's dead. And her name is Eve, and she's been in the house for a few days, which means that the first decided to, one of the bringers killed Eve before they ever even met her. And the first chose to inhabit her and come to the house, I guess, to infiltrate them. I guess that makes sense, um, but it didn't have to inhabit it could have inhabited the body of anybody that they'd never seen before. It doesn't have to be this person that was just killed, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, TV. Um, Dawn at one point points out something really, um, she's having a conversation with Willow, I think. Is it Willow? I can't remember. I think it was Willow. Um, like talking about like going to pick up another potential and the, I, when I think Buffy and Xander were about to go pick up, go pick up Eve. Um, but they didn't know who they were going to pick up. But anyway, she was telling her that that's where Buffy was. And Dawn's like, and she's like, but why exactly? Like, why do we have to have all these potentials in the house? Like, and Willow's like, cause we need their help. And Dawn's like, just not sure more scared Slayer wannabes translates as help. <laughs> and great point, Dawn. Great motherfucking point. Um, then they find Eve. She did. And they're like, oh my God, Eve, it's been in our house for two days. What? Um, then we get a conversation between Andrew and Dawn. That's pretty fun. Um, it's later in the evening. And he's like, how come the Slayer's always a girl? And then, like, they start talking about Spike. And um, Andrew's like, he's a worse killer than me by a way lot. <sighs> and he starts talking about, like, feeling really alone. And Dawn's like, well, you shouldn't have killed your only friend. Also, very right. Very true. <laughs> Dawn is here with the zingers, here with the truth-telling in this episode. For sure. She's spilling the tea, and no one wants to drink it. <laughs> Because she's calling them out. Um, then we get further. Like, everybody, like, there's so many scenes in this episode of all the Slayer wannabes hanging around, talking about, well, like, what's the plan? I don't know. How's Buffy going to save us? Like, she almost got killed by that Uber vamp. How's she supposed to protect us? Like, blah, 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 blah. And again, I get it. That's exactly what would be happening. So it makes sense that they wrote that in as a plot point, that everybody would be losing confidence in Buffy. And Buffy has to step up in a way that she never has before because she has to not only be alone, but be responsible for everyone else. It, it makes sense. Um, okay, so then we go back to Giles and Anya and the Bell Jocks' eye. 
so they they get in because like the offer of sexual favors from Anya didn't work but Giles like threatens the guy with like whatever did he grab him I guess he didn't because he's still not touching anything so I guess he didn't like the old school Giles would have like grabbed him by the collar gotten up in his face and like but I don't think he does that with the demon because again he's still not touching anything I think finally I'm pretty sure in the next episode we finally fucking find out that Giles is not dead for real he's not dead like we're not still worried that he's the first finally we figure it out I think I hope surely I don't know again this is my first time watching season seven in a very long time and it's the season that I've seen the least amount of times over the years so um it's it's not super like I'm going along for the ride with you guys I don't remember everything um what okay so we're back at the bell jocks's eye so they've gotten in now and um the it's it's just like this eyeball full of eyes made of eyes some of them move and some of them don't it's actually kind of like bad looking like paper mache or something I don't know but it's there's like a cage hanging from a ceiling but they're also in a dark alternate dimension or something um but there's like a cage hanging from a ceiling inside this dark dimension and the eye has an optic nerve behind it just like trailing off into the distance but it's also hovering around inside this cage it's gross um but it has like a deep scary psychic voice great and it says the first evil has always been and will always be and shit like that like you can't defeat it it's going to always exist you're not going to be able to destroy it it will always be so there's that um and then it says the eye sees not the future only the truth of the now and before and Anya's like yeah we all have that it's called memory (laughs) I love that um so yeah Uh, whatever then we get okay so the Baljax's eye says something about there was a there was disruption there was a disruption in the slayer line that left an opening for the first evil to decide okay you know what I want to do is I want to destroy the entire line of the chosen ones the past and the future the present and the future I want to destroy all the slayer so that another one cannot be called and this disruption was created by the slayer of course and then we go back to the house where okay so like Buffy at some point confronts the not Eve Eve when she gets back to the house since Eve is actually dead and um the Eve first says something about okay I'm gonna send my friend your way at sundown why did she warn them I don't know but she did TV and then um so they're all like preparing 
they're talking about things. Everybody's being very like, you know, how are you going to protect us? Like, what does it even matter if we learn how to fight? And then Willow, Buffy, and Xander go into the kitchen and they're all like kind of looking at each other in a weird way, which we find out later they were using telepathy to talk to each other about the plan, which they didn't let Dawn in on. Which is shitty. I don't know if she's going to complain about that in the next episode. I mean, we see her like realizing that they didn't let her in on the plan in this episode, but she doesn't really say anything, but it's just shitty. You know, like, I get that they're not really treating her like an equal yet, but still, you know, she's getting very ignored right now. And I think that's a plot point that we are going to get more into in the next episode. Because if I remember correctly, potential is the one where for a second, we think that Dawn might be a potential, but it turns out she isn't, but we get a more Dawn centric storyline throughout the course of the episode, basically. Andrew tells Buffy, like, she's handing out weapons to everybody because the Uber vamp is coming to the house tonight. And Andrew's like, well, I deserve to defend myself, too. You can give me a weapon. She, hand, she hands him a bottle of holy water, which, fine. <laughs> it's cute. Um, Willow is, like, you know, kind of facing her fear with magic because she's going to put up a barrier for when the Uber vamp comes. And she's just, like, working through her fear, and Kennedy finds her, like, in the hallway, and they have a conversation. And Willow starts talking about how the 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 first turned the magic back on her the last time she tried to do magic, so she hasn't since then. I think that was in the last episode or something, whenever, like, things went all evil, whenever she was trying to do a demon locator spell. And um, so Willow's kind of talking about when that happened, and she said, you know, like, it took over her and she could just, like, taste it, the evil. She could taste it. And Kennedy's like, how's evil taste? Willow says, a little chalky. <laughs> so that was funny. I think that's the probably the quote of the episode. So let's just go ahead and write that down. Quote is chalky evil. And then I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here because this happens throughout a few different scenes. We're flashing back and forth between, um, a f like Giles and Anya also spike sometimes. Anyway, the barrier breaks down. So the Uber van gets to the house. Willow puts up the barrier. Um, it, it completely breaks down the door, like pulverizes the door. Why couldn't they have just made the barrier be like on the front lawn or something? You know, but no, it had to break the door and the barrier holds for a minute, but then Willow loses control. So they all run and they decide that Xander's going to take them somewhere safe. And Buffy's going to try to divert the Uber van to get it to chase her instead while they're going to the other location. And she does. She gets it to chase her. Um, we flash back to Giles and Anya. They've left the 
the belt jocks eye dimension and they're just talking as they're walking in a street somewhere and he's explaining to anya what he thinks the belt jocks eye meant whenever it said the things that we didn't see he says you know that okay buffy is the cause of why the first can now get in there and destroy the slayer line and the reason is not because Buffy died, but because Buffy came back. And so Anya's like, oh, so it's not Buffy's fault. It's my fault and Xander's fault and Tara's fault, and Willow's fault, because we brought her back. We did that. We're the reason that these girls are dead. So, you know, this is, I think this is interesting in the development of Anya just because she is feeling bad about that now because she cares about that shit now even whenever she was you know newly human and strangely literal back in season three two three when did we first meet Anya I think it was season three when we first met her even when she was first turned into a human it's not like she immediately started getting like remorse of being evil like really the humanity for Anya showed up because of Xander I think which dumb but whatever um but yeah it's it's interesting to see her again coming back to being she became a human on purpose this time so her and Spike similar similar he went to get his soul on purpose and Anya chose to become human on purpose so I, it's unclear though, like when Anya was turned into a demon again at the end of last season, she, or towards the end of last season, I guess she, she didn't lose her soul to become a demon. I don't think, did she? I don't think she did. So I guess vengeance demons are a type of demon that still has a soul I'm I don't know the Buffyverse doesn't really deal with that adequately like explain like when you're a vampire you lose your soul but most demons are born that way and they may or may not have souls like I don't think it's ever discussed that a demon doesn't have a soul but demons can be just black and white evil or they can have more nuance to them like Clem you know I don't know it's it's confusing to me because I feel like it was not explicitly explained to me and I need that okay I like exposition so again I wrote I mean not again but um I've already said it in this podcast but I will repeat it because this is the part of my notes whenever I said Dawn's not in on the plan because she realizes what's going on she sees it for what it is um because like Buffy leads the uber vamp to where they are because she knew where they were and Dawn all of a sudden puts it together like oh the barrier failed on purpose and then Buffy led us here you guys planned this which sucks it just sucks and I don't like this whole I don't like this whole situation just in general like everybody's been you know they've been talking to the potentials about how they're gonna have to learn how to fight they're gonna have to fight they're gonna have to fight guys they're gonna have to fight and then they're all trying 
like they're very scared, but they have weapons and they're trying to get in there and start fighting. And then Willow's like, no, wait, it's showtime. Just watch. And then Buffy, for some reason, all of a sudden has the strength to kill the uber vamp. Why? No reason. You know, she just fought him once and almost died, but that was like two days ago. She's fine now. And later, there's going to be more of these things, and they're going to be more easily dispatched. I wouldn't be surprised if Xander accidentally kills one of them in the future. I don't know. Like, they're supposed to be, like, super fucking powerful. It almost killed Buffy, but still. (laughs) Jesus. I don't know. This whole thing just seems like, how is this a lesson? I mean, the only lesson that this is, is, like, they're getting all all the potential slayers together to watch Buffy fight so that they'll have more confidence in her, I guess. That's all this is. So we're at the site of the future Sunnydale Public Library, opening in May 2003. Maybe. (laughs) Which, if this is in real time, which it usually is, like we're in January right now. Like how is this library gonna be open by May when it's in this state? But whatever. Um, just add it to my list of questions. It's like I'm doing cinema sins over here. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, so Willow says it's showtime. We watch Buffy versus the Uber vamp. Um, we get a flash to, um, the moment when Buffy, Willow, and Xander were in the kitchen together and they were just like looking at each other weirdly. They were actually talking to each other telepathy that's when they made the plan because they can do that every once in a while they don't use it very often but every once in a while they do telepathy together since like season six i think the first time we saw it was the opening of season six right i think um buffy eventually like cuts off the uber vamps neck with a piece of barbed wire i guess which I feel like it would take more effort to do that, but whatever, whatever. And then she just sort of wipes her hands off afterwards. See dust, just like the rest of them here endeth the lesson. I mean, she says more than that. Like basically if you show up and do your part, we'll be left standing. Believe it. You know, it's a cute speech, whatever. And it should be pointed out, even though I'm being very like jaded about it right now and criticizing it. When I first saw this back in 2003, watching it on my mom's TiVo in the middle of the night by myself, likely at 2 a.m. or something, um, I was into this moment. You know, I thought it was a cool hero moment and I enjoyed it. Um, Then Buffy goes and actually saves Spike. Because now that the uber vamp is no longer guarding him, um, guarding the entry, wherever it, whatever cave he's in or whatever, like she knows where to go and she goes and she cuts him down and the episode ends with like her leading him out. And it was kind of sweet moment too, because she cuts one of his arms free and he like braces himself, balances himself on her shoulder. And he's just kind of slowly realizing oh, this isn't a figment of my imagination. This is, she's actually here right now. What? It's like, 
he kept saying to the first, like, Buffy's going to save me. Buffy's going to save me. And part of him believing that kept him alive, I think. But at, at the same time, he was, like, in shock when she actually showed up. Which is sweet. And, like, whenever he braces himself and, like, balances himself by touching her shoulder, she doesn't flinch. And this might be one of the first times that she doesn't. Like, I maybe they've accidentally touched before since the rape when she hasn't flinched since the attempted rape. Um... But I think this is one of the the most, this is the first, like, meaningful moment whenever he touches her and she looks so relieved to be saving him. She, like, kind of tears up a little bit. And no, it's not because she loves him, Mom. <laughs> My mom's right now yelling at this. It's because she loves him. It's because she cares about him, yes, but she doesn't know how she feels. It's complicated with Buffy. Like, love... I'm not sure she ever even really loved Riley. I think she loved Angel. And... I think she loves Dawn. I don't... I mean... I don't even know... I mean, she definitely says that she loves Xander and Willow, but does she really... I mean... I don't know. It's complicated with Buffy, I think. I think she's just, it's not, it's not like she's incapable of love, but it's, it's a very wrought emotion for her. It's like she doesn't really know how to define it yet. I mean, I realized I had a, my, fir my first serious boyfriend, I was with him for five and a half years. And it wasn't until my second serious relationship that I realized, oh, I never really loved that first guy. I, I didn't. I thought I did, but I didn't. This is love. And I think that's kind of, yeah. I, and that's also what the show wants you to believe, that Buffy does not love Spike. She could never love Spike, except later in the comic books, she does. But... <laughs> She could never love Spike because she could never trust him enough to love him. And that is still the case. Even now. Anyway. So Bobby saves Spike. That's the end of the episode. What are our ratings? Object of the episode. You know, I'm going to say the beaded curtain that willow had in her room right now i wouldn't want to be to curtain anywhere in my house because i have a kitten but when she settles down maybe i'll be able to have one i haven't had a beaded curtain in a long time it'd be fun to have one again actually um and i like that whole like using it as a window treatment thing too yeah i might get one again someday outfit of the episode nobody has a good outfit i mean everybody's just wearing Boot cut jeans, heels, lo low rider, <laughs> low cut, boot cut jeans, heels, and like peasanty tops, which of course I always love a peasanty top, but I mean, sometimes it's bad if it's like cream colored. I like dark colored. I think Willow had a cute shirt at one point. I don't know, whatever. Not applicable as usual. 
MVP, you know what? I'm going to say Dawn because she should have been in on the plan and she had some zingers. Five by five. I don't really, I mean, lately I've been giving everything like a three and a half, like if it's perfectly fine. I think this one's less than perfectly fine, to be honest. It's still pretty much fine. So I'll give it a three out of five instead of a three and a half. I'll dock it half a point for it being just not that enjoyable. Um, and that's it. So I theoretically could be back as soon as Saturday. And right now it's Wednesday. So, or it could be another week. Who knows? <laughs> but um, soon we're going to, we're going to have a solid block of like four or five weeks of me coming to you every week. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that because we're going to get a good chunk. Um, we're going to get a good chunk of episodes out of the way. And then I think, you know what, let's just, I kind of want to review here. So in February, we have four episodes to watch only one episode to talk about in March two in April and then the last three in May. So what is that again? I want to count how many we have left. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, Yeah. So we're exactly halfway through the season right now. And yeah, 11 episodes left. And then I'll be done talking about Buffy. So, so far I have one vote for my brother to talk about Gilmore Girls after I'm done talking about Buffy. And then one vote for my mom to talk about Dexter. If you have a vote, <laughs> um, which I think I would, when it comes to Gilmore Girls, I don't think I want to talk about it on like an episode by episode basis but I would be willing to like explore the idea of maybe talking about like a season at a time or I don't know, finding some way to talk about it in like a less intensive way because I just don't know if it would be fun to talk about Gilmore Girls episode by episode. Because if I were to talk about Gilmore Girls the way that I would want to talk about Gilmore Girls it would be exhausting because the, what I would want to do is look up every single pop culture reference that I've never understood in Gilmore Girls and then, uh, explain them all to you. <laughs> but that would be probably boring and also tedious, tedious for you and tedious for me. But that's something that I've wanted to do before is just like, actually like sit and look up all the fucking pop culture references because I mean, what I would be doing is bitching all the time about how entitled Rory is, how annoying Lorelai is, how um, much of an asshole Luke is most of the time, um, and then just complaining about all the references because no, complaining about the references, complaining about the fact that they always are like ordering a shit ton of food, but never actually eating it. Um, the fact that they never have anything in their cups. Although according to, um, Lauren Graham, she always did have something in her coffee cup. 
So you can tell that there's some weight to her coffee cup, but not to Rory's because she's not that good of an actor, at least not in this role. I don't know if maybe she became a better actor later on. I don't know. I haven't seen her in anything, so I don't know. So yeah, I don't, I just don't think it would be that interesting for me to talk about Gilmore Girls, at least on that intensive of, but it might be fun to like, I don't know, have my mom and or my brother come on for like guest episodes to talk about Gilmore Girls like a season at a time or something. I don't know. If you guys have any ideas, email me, mixtressray at protonmail.com. And then as far as Dexter, I think that would be interesting. I've seen Dexter a lot. And I already feel like I analyze it while I'm watching it. So I don't think it would really ruin anything for me to watch it. I think I have enough thoughts about Dexter that I could do Dexter. I think it would be of interest to my friend Ruben and he might listen because it's his favorite show. Um, so I'm leaning towards that right now. Maybe they'll be like, because if I want to do the 20 years later thing, I would have like an extra year to wait for Dexter. And between if I, if I talk about season five of Angel next season, which I swear at some point I will talk about season four of Angel, but I haven't started watching it yet. And yeah. I'm just going to binge it at some point and talk to you guys about it. And then I'm going to talk about Angel episode by episode, most likely. And then maybe we'll just have like a year of like, I don't know, talking about movies and or Gilmore Girls. And maybe I'll do like episode, maybe I'll binge watch a show, take a few notes on it, and then talk to you guys about the entirety of an, of a whole show or seasons of a show, or I don't know, maybe we'll just talk about whatever the fuck we want for a year and then we'll start Dexter because I do think I have a lot to say about Dexter. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, all of that future planning, like whatever you guys don't care. You probably already clicked off the episode anyway. So see you next week. Bye.